You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. It's that time again for the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. It's episode 85. I am your host, Pimp Cron. We have some stuff to talk to you about tonight. We have our main topic is the 10 essential colors, the 10 essential paints of this hobby. And if you only could buy 10 pots of paint or wash, what do I think they would be? And what would you get the most utility out of? And this is surprisingly something that really, really excites me talking about paint and paint theory and all of that. So I, you know, ramble on about that for a while. I'm also joined by Cronet two of four. And I think this is the first time she's been on the show. I'm not positive, but anyway, um, Cronet two of four, and she helps me review the Repentious Squad for Sisters of Battle. So we discuss that. Both of those go on fairly long, so that's the only two segments tonight. What have I been up to? Well, I've had some hobby done in my private time. Let me think what I've done this past week. I have painted 10 Sauruses, Saurus Warriors for Lizardmen. I painted and rebased nine, I think it was nine, uh, Saurus Cavalry, Saurus Knights for Lizardmen, painted and based, and the 10 Saurus Warriors painted and based. I also converted and painted up five Savage Orc Boys for Age of Sigmar, but I'm actually using them in 40k. I made one of their arms a pistol hand, because the commanders in 40k have a 6-up save, you know, there's nothing, there's no armor to them. And I had some Savage Orc Boys for Age of Sigmar from a long time ago. I actually had this idea to do the commandos uh, maybe three years ago, probably. So I dug that out of the drawer, and I've got 30 of those guys, so I could do two full squads of commandos. But so far, I have completely painted and based five of them and I gotta say the Savage Orc Boys are a blast to paint they're they're beautiful models number one they've got a lot of motion to them a lot of small details but they're not overly detailed most of it's flesh so that's actually refreshing compared to a lot of other orc stuff because you know you think oh orcs are green Uh, you know most of my model will be green but if you look at the 40k stuff and even the Ard Boys and the Brutes for the Orc Warclans in Age of Sigmar, there is very little green, actually. They're completely covered up, except for, like, hands or maybe arms in their head. So the Savage Orc boys are really refreshing because they're very well sculpted, and they are mostly green, so they stand out really, really well. The sculpts are beautiful, easy to put together, tons of different options for weapons and things like that, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to be making... I mean, I don't know eventually if I'll do all 30 or not, but definitely a full squad of commandos. And they're like, we hired this tribe of savage orcs to be our commandos, you know, and they're going to sneak up ahead and all of that. So that's pretty cool. Um, Also, I've gotten into playing 40k orcs again. I have not touched the codex since, well, I, I never owned this new codex at all, because at the time it was like really OP um, I can't say really OP, but it dominated Shorehammer 2018, and uh, they did pretty darn good. I know one orc player got second place, and uh, they were at the time pretty darn good. Now, of course, the meta's changed a little bit, I think, and uh, orcs aren't like cream of the crop, but they're still a decent army. And 
you know me being a hipster, as soon as something gets really popular, I'm like, whoop, all right, I'm not, I'm out. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to head out like that SpongeBob meme. So I never had an urge to even buy the Orc uh, Codex for 40k. So I finally just did that, and I've been reading through it, and of course, you know, there's some things that are different than I'm used to, some things that are different that I remember from 5th or 6th or 7th edition, and then there's things that I remember differently from the Index, and they've taken away some options, but they've streamlined some others, so it's really kind of hard to say whether or not I think this is a more enjoyable book, but I am surprised at how many options they have. The Orc 40k codex has a ton of different options from infantry to the def coptas to the war bikers to the dragsters to the i mean just it's like a ton of different stuff you could play the orc army in so many ways i've been enjoying reading through that and stuff i've also been working on brutality of course we are page i think 99 and i don't know exactly how long the book will be 120 pages i would guess and i've finished my third solo slash co-op mission and been playtesting that that's a lot of fun and uh, essentially you are surrounded by these giant monsters and they're going to be attacking you and they're all part of the same race so they all have roughly the same stats but then you roll on a table and each one of them has its own kind of personality like it might be defensive of another one or whatever just like real animals do you know the different members of a pride of lions may have their own personalities but you know, they, in general, you could say the lions all act the same, that sort of thing. Now, of course, when I say the book is going to be 120 pages long, that is not in any way the number of rules. The actual rules are very, very streamlined, and I think it's like four or five pages of actual rules on how to play the game, and there's like two or three pages on all the campaign stuff, and then there's a lot of explanation into how to create your characters and there's, what, 11 different regular missions, and then so far we have three solo-slash-co-op missions with AI. And, of course, there's rules for, you know, how to build a warband and the strategy of that, and there's also rules for how to kit out NPC models to fit what you have, and the theory behind all of that, it's, there's a lot of extra stuff in there. So don't uh, be scared that, oh, God, you know, it's going to be 100 pages of rules. No, it's about five-ish pages of rules. So I'm also super excited because, like I said before, a lot of these upgrades have never been open to the public before. We've added four new upgrades for every single class. And by an upgrade, you know, you might think of like a Space Marine would be the basic unit and then you upgrade it to a Terminator or you upgrade it to a Devastator squad or whatever. That's what I mean by upgrades. I don't mean like war gear or something like that. So in other news, we normally have a Tesseract mailbox, but... We don't tonight, and we technically do from our real talk because McStorman was asking me the other day, you know, if I could only have 10 paints and that's all I could use to paint models, what would it be? And I was like, oh, you know what? That's a really good topic. I appreciate you asking. No, I was like, you idiot. I'm joking. Other than all of that, I have been doing a lot of selling online, a lot of selling, because over the course of my 10 years of hobbying, I have accumulated a bunch of crap that I always said, hey, that would make a really awesome hobby project, but I never really got around to it. So I am getting rid of a ton of Metal Rogue Trader Orcs on eBay. And I bought them a long time ago from a friend, and I always intended on making my own codex for Grotz that used 
a combination of guard codex and grot codex, where there's no orcs at all, where it's just grots. But uh, I've I haven't really I mean I've put that project on hold, but I haven't really got rid of it. But I did realize that I'm like you know what all these metal orcs they're just sitting here and I'm not using them. I have tons of regular grots because the reason why I was using the the metal orcs is because the metal orcs from Rogue Trader are basically grot size now. I mean they're a little bit taller, maybe a head taller, but they're way shorter than the current orc models. So that's why I just said ah. Forget it. I'll just sell that. I also sold a bunch of uh, Warriors and Immortals for Necrons. I got rid of all those because I've got all new ones. You've heard about that project. I have completely cleaned out my Orc drawer for 40k. ton of stuff that was all part of a project that never happened and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's all getting sold. And boy, you know, I was looking at Sisters of Battle and I was like, hmm, I have some money now, some hobby money, because you know that it's not, it's guilt-free money, essentially. I've already spent the money on whatever models, you know, I'm selling. So this is money back from the hobby. So it definitely needs to be allocated to the hobby, if you, if you get me. I'm sure you do. So the Sisters of Battle look really, really cool. The models look really, really cool. And I'm really feeling it. So the problem is they're at this new price point, which is very, very premium. It's kind of like GW let us simmer for all these years, and they're like, hey, you want sisters? You want sisters? Ah, ah, ah. And then put her at the, the highest possible price point. Like, it's like, I think it's $60 for 10 Adeptus Sororitas. I'm like, good God. And it's also a very interesting thing they did with the starter set, because the the Sisters of Battle starter set has the codex in it, which is all fine and well, but then that prevents you from buying two of them. Because, I mean, I don't need two codexes, and I'm certain, I haven't checked, but I'm certain the market is flooded with codexes. Because I'm sure more than one person did that. It's also not a start collecting discount. It's it's an okay discount. I was doing the math. Like, what's in that box, I think not including the codex, I think not including the codex, is like $270, and it's what, 215 or something if you can find it. And I'm like, eh, 60 bucks off, okay, but I'm investing 200 in a pop. It's kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a spoiled little brat about it, but I'm just feeling like that's not a super great discount. But boy, those Sisters of Battle models, man. When I played my buddy Andy a couple weeks back, I was looking at his Sisters of Battle models, the, you know, the whatever St. Catherine, the big model, and I'm like, man, these models look good. They're so pretty. And I love that Catholic feel that GW has given to them. You know, they're no they're no longer just women in power armor. They've got the draped things over their shoulders. And I don't know. I'm really, really digging them. So after I sell all this and the dust settles, hmm, I'm thinking about it. I also was um, thinking about splitting a Blackstone Fortress with James using hobby money because there's a bunch of brutality models I would like to use out of that. And I could make a specifically Taddeus, and good God, I hate his name, Taddeus, the preacher guy. But he's such a cool model. He would be the perfect uh, cult of the one mother priest for brutality. He's just, he's fat. He looks gluttonous. He's just like the the worst stereotype of a of a priest you've ever seen. And he's just, he's just perfect for it, honestly. So I need to get that model. So I think uh, our local store might have one and uh, we can 
just James and I can split that because there's some really cool models in there. I guess I have yammered on enough, people. So let's get on with this show, and I hope you enjoy it, and stay safe. Want that or want that not? Hey everybody, it is time for Want That or Want That Not. I am the Pimp Cron, and today I'm joined by Cronet204. How's it going, Cronet204? Uh, good. Alright, today we are going to be reviewing the Repentia Squad for uh, the Adeptus Sororitas. So, explain to me what you're looking at here. They got chainswords. Yes. And, like, tape things off of them on some of them. Tape things? Like scotch tape? Yeah, Maybe. It looks like strands of tape just flying off of it. Those are, um, oh man, now I can't even think of what it's called. Um, <laughs> uh, pur- purity seals. Oh. So those are like written like little prayers on them and they stick them on there with wax. Oh. So. Like the things on letters? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like to seal an envelope. Yep. Nice. So, uh, what's this look like to you? Explain it to the audience. If they don't know what a repentia squad is, what is it? Um, like half of them are women. And some of them look like cyborgs. And the leader looks like he has a blue whip. That looks really cool. And <laughs> the handle of the whip has a skull on a human skull on it. Uh-huh. And, like, the bottom of his cape has this weird symbol. Like, it's kind of like a T, but on top it has, like, a circle and a skull inside and the skull... Inside is red, and it's just weird. Okay, so there are ten models in this set, and nine of them look like what? Um, nine of them look like, um, alien tribes, kind of. Alien tribes? Explain. Um, like, they have metal on them, and they just kind of look like alien tribes. I don't know, like, their faces, too. Okay, so you said some of these some of these are women. Yes, like. Well, uh, <laughs> you're you're making me laugh here, uh, two of four, because these are all women. Oh. <laughs> Do they look like all women? Uh, no, not really. No, they don't. <laughs> not only are they super buff, like look at look at that lady's arms. Good grief! Look at this. Oh my god. Yeah, not not only are they super buff, which of course women can be buff. Yeah. But, but a lot of the faces on here that looks oh like a guy. Oh my gosh. Doesn't yes. it? Um and you said the leader is oh my... a guy that is supposed to be a woman, my love. Oh my god. Do you, do you see the uh the breastplate under the Yeah. Yes. That face does not look like a woman. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm, I'm sorry. The hair is just bad, and some of the like the crew, it, they're buzz cut, and that just looks really bad. Well, some women, I mean, have buzz cuts, obviously, uh, but yes, it does lend some of them more than others if their uh, chest is not very obvious. Like, see, like here, you can see she has a chest. Yeah. But the ones that are holding their chain swords more like a baseball bat, you can't tell in these pictures, and they definitely do look like muscular men <laughs> yeah. with these chain swords. Um but uh all in all I have not been a big fan of there's been a lot of models that look like this dude, this uh this leader of the group where you're like, "Oh my gosh, that is an ugly face." Yeah. <laughs> like that is not I mean, obviously the models don't have to be gorgeous, right? They don't yeah. have to be Barbie, but 
Take, <laughs> take another look at that. Like, That's actually kind of scary. It is scary. So I've uh, I've noticed that a lot with the um, Sisters of Battle stuff is that a lot of their faces are not pleasant. I mean, even if that was even if that was supposed to be a guy, that would still be an ugly guy. It wouldn't even like, be like yeah. a good looking guy. Um, now, uh, honestly, I really like the heads that are covered. Yeah. The ones with like the hoods on them. Yeah. Yeah, I like those a lot. I do not care for the uncovered ho- heads. Yeah. But, uh... Like, then, if you're in battle, somebody can just cut off your head easily, and then you don't know if... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of these women do have bionics, though. Yeah. Uh, robotic leg here, robotic arm there. And pieces of metal screwed into them. Yes, they've got a lot of stuff sticking out of them. Like, see this lady right here? She's got stuff, like, sticking out of her leg. So... Um, all in all, do you think these are cool-looking models? Ignoring the whole thing that you couldn't tell that they were all women. Uh, their poses, their motion, their weapons, do these look cool, or is it not really something you like? Um, they look pretty cool. Um, it's obvious that they probably don't come, like, with the bases, maybe, but if they do, that look, that'll look pretty cool. But oh, if... you mean the, the bases on these models? Yeah. No, they just come blank. You know how you see me glue on yeah. flock and grass. and. So, um, it'd be cool if that actually came with it, but besides that, yeah, the models look really cool. Um, I like how oversized their swords are. Uh, yeah. Because, those... because a normal chainsword is not this long. Yeah, it's and... like three sections, that's... Yeah. yeah. Where another another uh, normal chainsaw would be like half that long. Yeah. So I kind of like these oversized chainsaws where they got to hold them with two hands. Yeah. I don't think there's a single no. There's not a single model holding it with one hand. Yeah. So these are pretty neat. I think. Um, are you happy with all the poses? Do they look interesting to you? Do they look like they're really fighting? Uh yeah. Besides that, that one lady in the corner, she looks like she's just like scared. <laughs> yeah. In some of them, like this lady right here, she looks like she's... You could replace it with a baseball bat. Yeah. Like she's up at home plate and she's going to hit it. Mm-hmm. All in all, I do really like these models. But I hate the leader's face. Yes. It's just it's terrible. Just, yes. Really, the rest of them, I mean, even if you can't tell they're men, they're not like ugly sculpts. Yeah. But this one, good golly. <laughs> so... <laughs> it is just... It's really bad. But all in all, I think these are really... His face. I know. Her face. Her face. <laughs> Look, it's got the it's got the, the breasts hang, you know. The breastplate. In the armor, yeah. So, uh, But uh, this is... I think that they did a really good job on these models because they all look like they're running. Look, they're, these two are going to cleave someone from mm-hmm. over their head. They're really... Uh, they have a lot of motion yeah. to the model. And I like how this lady here, um, with the the ugly face and the whips, um, I like, this is how the Adeptus Sororitas, the Sisters of Battle, mm-hmm. they usually look like this. They're yeah. in full armor. They've got, like, these kind of Catholic um, uh, clothes. Cape things. Yeah. I don't know what they're called, but... Um, so, all in all, I think this is a pretty cool set. Uh-huh. Would you Would you want this set just for the looks of it? You don't know what the rules are. But does this interest you at all, and or would you kind of be like, eh, let me see what else they have? Um, I'd probably be like, oh, let me see what else they have. Hmm. I mean, because one of them looks like, is 
that one bald? Yes, that one's completely bald. Oh. Which, of well, course, women can be bald, but... Yeah, but still. Yeah. The buzz cut looks kind of like a man. The bald <laughs> one kind of looks but, like a man. But I do love the fact that you're like, well, at least some of these are ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, sugar, I got a uh, surprise for you. They're, all of them are women. They're all women. So, anyway, what would you expect to pay for this squad? Um, How much like, do you think that would be? If I bought this box of ten Adeptus Sororitas, uh, what were they called? Um, I forgot what they're called. The Repentia Squad. Um, How many dollars do you think this would be? It's hard to tell. Maybe like 60 or 70. You or... think my hobby's pretty expensive, huh? Maybe. How much, how much would you be willing to pay for it? If if you wanted this, and Mr. JD was like, okay, give me whatever you feel like it's worth. How much do you think it's worth? Um, what I would want it, probably like $25. <laughs> so you'd pay $25 for this? Yes. Okay. Well, they do, you're actually dead on when you said that, because it's $50 oh. for the box. Uh, well, actually, you said what sixty or seventy. Yeah. So actually, you were over. But this um, this is a pretty cool set. I mean, it is five dollars a model, which is pretty expensive for a little teeny model. Yeah, but but it is pretty cool looking yeah. too. So it's it's kind of hard to hate on it too much. Mm-hmm. So that is it, and thank you for being on. It is a want that for me. Is that a want that for you? Uh, yes. Okay. More. So it's a green arrow more than it's a red arrow. Yes. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. My friend Danny the other day was like, hey, what's your favorite paints? I'm like, shut up, idiot. But then I decided to answer him on this because he listens to the podcast. Here you go, Danny. I really, really like the topic of paint for some reason (laughs) i guess because i'm a lonely lonely man so uh i will give you my top 10 list of essential paints and washes that everybody needs and for a lot of you it's going to be all that you need honestly so what are my top 10 paints well first i will give you the criteria that i have in my head okay Number one, if I could only buy 10 paints, this is all I could buy, and it would have to suit all of my painting endeavors, or the the vast majority of them. Say you only can buy these 10 paints, and then you can't buy any more for several months or a year or something. Most of these would get you through to, you know, brighter days when you've got enough money to pay for other paints, okay? So, the first off... um, I also want to say that most of these are base colors. I actually don't do a lot of painting with layers. Uh, Some, but not all. And I believe most of these are base colors. So um, the reason being is that base paints have a lot more pigment density and you don't have to put layers on it. But obviously layer paints are thinner for that exact reason, so you can put layers on it. But I still layer my base paints. And they work out perfectly fine. So I don't know... uh, you know, also, there's one other thing I want to mention is that I, in all of these selections, I'm choosing lighter colors. You know, there's like dark, let's just say greens, right? There's a dark green, a light green, and a middle green. I will always pick the middle to lightish green because then you can just wash it and darken it down. You can't use a wash and lighten a color, clearly. So that's that's my couple criteria for this list, okay? 
So, Paul, first off, if you're going to buy red, you need to buy Mephiston red. That's a base color, and it's a nice, bright, vibrant red. And uh, now, I've said before on this podcast that I am partial to corn red, but corn red comes off as a much darker red. And if you really only have one red to buy, it would have to be Mephiston red because it's nice and bright. And then you could take a wash, tone it down, and then highlight it again with Mephiston red. So that's my red one. My green would be Moot Green. It's a go-to green for me. It's another base color. Uh, actually, no, Moot Green is not a base color. I apologize. But uh, Moot Green is like a lime green. And once again, that can be washed down to be a darker green. Um, so you're really getting more mileage out of that paint. If you bought a dark green, you would have no way of you know, lightening it until you buy other greens. So Moot Green is definitely a go-to. Uh, that's great for all your orcs and and all that. Uh, also, foliage, if you're doing anything for the base, uh, you know, the bases of your models and things like that. Now, my next one on this list, and this is in no particular order, so it was kind of a, uh, a you know, off the top of my head sort of thing. But Retributor Gold, I have sang its praises many, many times. Retributor Gold is the gold that GW makes. Number one, it's a base paint, so there's no two layers about it. You do this before you wash it something, right? You just you just paint all over it. Number two, it is a solid gold. It's not a bright, you know, yellowy gold. It's not a dark, like a, a Balazar gold or Balthazar gold. It's like a dark, dark bronzish gold. No, this is right in the middle. Perfectly good for any single gold application that you have. Um, it's shiny enough that you notice it. It's dark enough that it's not gaudy or cheap looking. So Retributor Gold is the bomb. It's one of my all-time favorite colors that GW makes. Uh, for purples, I would go with Gene Stealer Purple. Now this is a layer. It's not a uh, base paint. But Gene Stealer Purple is um, a lighter purple, but once again can be washed to a darker color. And then you've already got built-in highlights on all of your raised edges. I end up using Gene Stealer Purple quite a bit, uh, and then I will wash it with like a Daruchi Violet or something like that, wash, purple wash. And uh, that, that turns out really, really nice. There is also one that I like, but it has to be brought up. No, no, wait, don't let me get, don't let me get off topic, okay? Gene Stealer Purple is the purple that I would choose if I could only do 10. I told you I get excited about paint and start talking about them. All right, now, if you're going to get gold, you might as well also get silver. Lead Belcher is the silver to beat all silvers, okay? Lead Belcher and Retributor should get married, settle down, and have some babies because these two are your two metallic colors that you cannot live without. And Lead Belcher is a base paint. It's got awesome pigment density, usually a single dry brush, and things look awesome if you're priming black. And Lead Belcher is definitely one of my go-tos. I don't think there is a model I own that does not have either Lead Belcher or Retributor Gold on it. And um, the problem with a lot of these other golds, like um, Gehenna Gold or Balazar Gold, or um, there's like a Grey Knight Silver or something like that. There's a bunch of other golds and silvers, but they will separate in the pot. And Lead Belcher and Retributor do not do that. And that's why I love them. Gehenna gold is a piece of shit. It is the worst gold you could ever get in your life. Don't ever, ever spend a dollar on Gehenna gold. Whew. Having said that, McCrag blue would be my blue that I go for. And that's also a base color. Um, it's a pretty medium blue, maybe just slightly on the light side. 
and washes down really nicely. Um, and that's pretty much self-explanatory. Now, as for browns, you might go, you know, I don't, I don't think I paint brown very often. Well, of course you do. You've got leather pouches and belt buckles and belts and boots and wooden handles and all kinds of things that use brown. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Uh, so brown, I use Mornfang brown, and this is a base color. Once again, it's a little bit on the dark side, honestly, uh, as far as washing and all that goes. It's a little bit on the dark side, but it is such a nice, like, chocolatey brown, and it is beautiful. It does great for wood and dirt and leather and all of that, but it is, I will warn you, on slightly the darker side. Now, if you're going lighter with things, you may want to do... Oh, one other thing. Morphang Brown also does an amazing job for darker skin tones because it's just such a nice medium brown. It's not super dark. It's not super light. Although it is... You know, if, like, dark was one, uh, zero and light was ten, you know, five would, like, be a medium brown. I would say Morphang Brown is, like, a four. It's, it's, it's slightly leaning to the dark side. But it is a beautiful brown, works great for skin color. Something else that works really good for skin color if you're doing pale people, and I'm not talking about like your typical Caucasian, I'm talking about, uh, you know, gingers or uh, <laughs> vampires, <laughs> zombies, the undead, sorry, gingers, uh, <laughs> is Rackarth flesh. That is also a base paint, and that is another multi-use paint that you can use because Rackarth Flesh is off-white enough that you can do teeth with it, you can do bone with it, you can do pale skin with it, uh, but it also works for a white. It's, it's light enough that compared to other, other colors on the model, if you don't have like a ceramite white or a bright white like Pallid Witch Flesh, if you've just got one white, I would go with Rackarth Flesh because... It's so medium white that it will do things, you know, you can paint a bone with it and it's not going to look neon white, but you can also paint a piece of paper with it and it's not going to look super dark. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful color. Uh, finally, we're getting into the washes. Now that was eight paints. Okay. You said 10. So that leaves me with two more and I would definitely go with washes for this. So, the first one is Nuln Oil, which I guess is probably a no-brainer for most of you. It is a black wash, and it works well for most of the colors that I have listed. Let me look through my list here. Mephiston Red will work okay for red. It will really not work on the Moot Green very well at all. It will work on the Retributor Gold, although it's not pre preferable. The Gene Stealer Purple it will work on, the Lead Belcher it will work on, the McCrag Blue it works on, Mornfang Brown it works on, Rackarth Flesh it does work on. So it has it works on like uh, six or seven out of these eight paints. And it's a beautiful paint, it's all around good, you can use it for nearly anything. The last paint on this list of ten is Seraphim Sepia. It is a light brown wash, and it is awesome for skin tone. It will also work fairly well on red, not at all on green, great on gold, not great on purple, fine on lead belcher if you want to make it a rust, not great on blue, great on brown, and great on Rackarth flesh. So 
believe it or not, Nuln Oil is like, let's say, six out of eight of these paints work well with Nuln Oil, and it's more like four out of these paints work well for Seraph and Sepia. But the problem with it is, as opposed to Nuln Oil, Seraphim Sepia adds a little bit of an orangish tint to things. So that's why I said it's great for making your metal look rusty for your lead belcher, things like that. And it is uh, all all around really great. It's very good for skin tones. It will obviously, you know, your your mileage will vary on certain colors. Like the Mornfang Brown, it doesn't show up really well on because Mornfang is already a 4 out of 10, like I said before. And uh, you really need the Nuln Oil for that. But Seraph and Sepia will work on it. And it seems to me like on this list, Moot Green is the only thing that none of this works with. And that's kind of funny because you really do need the green wash for Moot Green. But I digress. Now you'll notice there is no yellow on this list. The uh, Because yellow is not a super common color on this, you know, for use in army paintings. So I left that off the list because I was restricted to only 10. But if you happened to have some extra money and you were asking me for a list of top 15... There are some other super, super valuable paints out there that were also going to be helpful. So these are the five honorable mentions, okay? We will start with the yellow. Averland Sunset Yellow is beautiful yellow. It's not neon yellow, and it's not orange. It is a great, like, remember that scale I said, 0 to 10? It's a great, like, 5-ish on the yellow scale. Uh, there's, I think, Flash Gets Yellow or something like that. Evil Sun's Yellow, I think, which is basically a 10 on the list of brightness. And this is like a nice 4 or 5. And it can be washed with Seraph and Sepia and all that. It's a base paint, so it's got great uh, color pigment. And um, a lot of the yellows in paint suffer from pigment density because you have to do it over and over and over and over. Well, Averland Sunset does not have this issue because it's a base paint. So that is the yellow I would suggest, but it did not make my top 10 list. Daruchi Violet is a great wash for most of these colors. It works on red, it works on purple, works on blue, it'll even work on brown, it'll work on the Rackarth flesh. So it, um, depending on the different effects you want, obviously. But Daruchi Violet works awesome. A pro tip is that you want a purple wash on your red paints to make them look way better. A red wash doesn't actually do very well on red paint for some ungodly reason. All right, what's next on the list here? We have Agrax Earthshade, which is probably what some of you were screaming about when you heard the top 10 list that did not include Agrax Earthshade. Here's my problem with Agrax Earthshade. It does have a place, okay? It is a dark brown wash, but... It is in between Seraphim Sepia and Nuln Oil. So I would rather have the Nuln Oil, which is black, and Seraphim Sepia, which is orangish tan, than I would have Agrax Earthshade, because Agrax Earthshade is like a dark brown wash. It's not black, and it's not tan, it's like a dark brown. And to me, it's a little redundant. I don't use a whole lot of Agrax Earthshade. If I want something washed dark, I use Nuln Oil. If I want it washed lighter, it's Seraphim Sepia. So, uh, Just James praise to the altar of Agrax Earthshade. He says it's great. It works for great everything. I can't make a sentence now suddenly. It works great for everything, and I just disagree, and he's wrong. Moving on. Now, 
Rackarth Flush is great for whites. It's great for a lot of whites. It's not perfect for all whites. So Ushabti Bone is a yellowish white, and it works excellent on specifically bone colors. It works really, really good. Ushabti Bone also works really well as a base to be highlighted with Rackarth Flush. So Rackarth Flush is going to end up looking whiter against this yellowish bone if you leave just the, you know, you paint most of it uh, Rackarth flesh over the Ushabti bone, but leave the you know edges around and all the recesses and whatnot. It will give it some shading and it will look pretty nice. Ushabti bone is also washed beautifully with Seraphim sepia. Finally, finally, at the long list of this long-winded process is Scrag brown. It is a very orange brown. It's much lighter than Mornfang, and gosh darn it, I almost put that on the list instead of Mornfang because Scrag brown can be washed darker where Mornfang, like I explained, cannot be brought higher. But Scrag Brown works awesome for leather as well. It's kind of a chintzier looking leather though. It's kind of like those boots that people wear, but they don't actually work in them. They're just like those show boots, Timberlands, I think. Uh, They're just kind of like that color. And you can tell that, you know, if you put the Scrag Brown on the boots of your soldier, it's going to look like your soldier has never gotten his boots dirty. Whereas the Mornfang brown looks like a workman's brown, not like a fashion brown. So, but Scrag brown looks works awesome. It works great for highlighting Mornfang brown, and it washes great with um Seraphim sepia. Wouldn't do null oil on it probably, but uh. Anyway, that is my long-winded answer. I apologize, but I get super excited about paints, and that got me all ooh, got my jimmies all rustled. So, hope you enjoy it, and thank you for writing in. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast.